One Man Faction Podcast. You got that thing on right now. I'm your host, Connor. We're coming to you once again in your ear holes for another week of professional wrestling. I'm not even going to lie to you. This was probably my hardest episode to put together just because of everything that's going on. It really affected me, but I tried my best. If it's not up to snuff with the other ones, I do apologize. I am kind of affected with everything going on emotionally with uh, George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and everyone else that's been taken from us way too soon. So I do apologize. This episode is not the best. I'm going to give it a shot. We're going to preview NXT TakeOver in your house. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that happened outside of the ring. We're going to get into stuff that happened on all four shows. It seems like I do like a breakdown of like every match that has ever happened on Raw and SmackDown, NXT and AEW. Maybe some impact to the whole thing that happened this week. I basically just kind of just picked and choose what I thought the biggest things that happened were. And we're going to go through it like that. Once again, tell a friend and tell that friend to tell a friend that One Man Faction is the fastest growing wrestling podcast on the internet. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Appreciate all y'all OMFers out there spending at least half an hour with me every week. It means a lot. I say it every week, but I, I mean it. Y'all don't have to do it, and I really appreciate it. So let's get into it. My biggest thing this week, my biggest takeaway, news-wise, is I found out that, and this may be fall under the AEW category for Inside the Ring stuff, but I want to talk about it now. I found out that non-AEW talent can actually challenge Cody for his TNT championship because he's doing these open challenges following the mold of John Cena, getting some young guys over, not winning, of course, but getting some young guys over and making them look good, shining them up so the future of AEW can be set and bright. Jungle Boy was the first person to challenge Cody this week. Next week, it will be him versus Mark Quinn of Private Party. I'm looking forward to that match. And I think it's a good thing that he's doing. He said he only wants to wrestle for like six more years. I believe Cody is now 33, 34. He is an executive. And he definitely wants to make the company look as good as possible. He wants to definitely define this championship as one of the workhorse belts in all of wrestling. A coveted championship that is sought out by everyone. Not only in AEW, but all the NDs and everything like that. But it leaves a lot of question marks on who could challenge Cody for this belt. You can see a guy like Joey Ryan come in. You can even see a guy like, and I think this may be the obvious choice, you can see Marty Skrull come in and challenge Cody for that belt. I would love, and that probably will never happen, I would love for them to do a, a talent trade for a night. WWE and AEW do a talent trade for a night. Just like WWE and TNA one time did a talent trade, and they got a, when Ric Flair was with TNA, they traded Ric Flair and Christian. They swapped companies for a night, and it was great. So maybe if cooler heads prevail, we can see something like that happen with the TNT Championship. I would just love to see it. I think it's a good thing. Like I said, Cody is, he gives back to the business so much. And as a fan like me, I definitely really appreciate it. Another thing that has happened, Samoa Joe is apparently doing commentary permanently. That's the big rumor. It's some speculation that he may not wrestle anymore. He does a great job on commentary. He fits in with Tom and Byron really well. He's playing that that heel commentary like Corey Graves is on SmackDown, and he's fitting into that pocket really well. And, of course, he knows what he's talking about. No disrespect to Byron, but Samoa Joe definitely has 
a lot more in-ring experience and can provide a lot more color analysis to that table. He's already hosting Raw Talk with Charlie, so they're giving him more to do. Now, I don't know if this is going to lead into anything with Seth, if they're going to pick up their storyline right where they left off. Because if you guys remember, when Samoa Joe came back from his last stint at commentary, he was uh, attacked by Seth Rollins, and this is when he first became the Monday Night Messiah. He was talking about Seth Rollins and Authors of Pain, put him through the commentary table, came back. Of course, teamed up with Kevin Owens, and they took care of business with Seth Rollins. And he unfortunately got hurt again, and now he's back at the commentary table. He made to say, you know what? I'm done with it. It seems like he has found something that he wants to do once he retires officially. He can still give back to wrestling. I know a lot of wrestlers, they always wanted to try to give back to the company and get back to the business any way they can. So this spot is great for him. Hopefully it's not true because I do enjoy Samoa Joe. He is an ass kicker. He is a machine. He is one of the dudes I legit would not want to fight in the bar. He has black Air Force One energy. It's always on site with him. So I would I hope he comes back. With just this Jeff Hardy storyline that SmackDown's doing where it seems that he relapsed or was framed for relapsing. It's it's a it's it's a slippery soap that they are dealing with because we all know Jeff is a recovering alcoholic. He has had his struggles with drugs and alcohol before. For them just to bring that back into the fold, when he just came back from getting clean, probably isn't the best idea for them to do. Obviously, I feel like they went to him. I, I don't think. I hope that they were like, "All right, Jeff, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna, you're gonna relapse. We're gonna set you up." That you looks like you hit a lies and you're gonna smell like alcohol and everything and it's like, I hope that didn't happen. I hope they asked him and he said, yeah, it's cool. Because it's just it's it's definitely in poor taste and Matt Hardy uh he definitely commented about Jeff's storyline how he's Matt was saying how he was happy that he works for Tony Khan and all of the elite wrestling and of course Rebby Hardy commented on behalf of her brother-in-law. I just hope that this. I hope this is a good payoff at the end because there's no need to put Jeff through this at all. There's really no point. We all know what what he has to deal with, and he doesn't have to deal with him anymore. He's trying to change his life. He's trying to do better. And for them to just stir the pot up like that, I'm not really a fan of it. I know I we don't talk about Impact Wrestling a lot on this podcast, but I do want to bring up something they did sign Deion Perrazzo, like I said last week. They had a promo run. There's going to be a debuting star who apparently was laid off from WWE due to budget cuts. They ran this big promo of this superstar watching the TV, had a glass of whiskey in his hand, and they had a video on the TV of a bunch of past TNA superstars that have recently been released from the WWE. Everyone that worked in TNA was shown on this video that was just released from WWE. So you had Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Drake Maverick, but we'll get into him a little later. He's obviously not going anymore. EC3, a lot of people that have stepped foot in the impact zone, if it's still called that. My guess who that person is, is Aiden English. Now, I know you may be like, that's so far left field. Yes, it is. But I think the whiskey gave it away because Aiden English is a big fan of whiskey. He's not like the most tannest guy in the world. Had a very pale hand holding that glass of whiskey. 
Now, we all know Aiden English, he did stop wrestling for a little bit after the whole Rusev day happened, and he had his moment of shine, and then that was it for him. He went to do commentary for 205 Live. Maybe he's getting back in the ring. I hope so, because I do think Aiden is very talented. My guess is Aiden English. If it's not, it has to be EC3. There's too much history with EC3 and TNA. That's where he won his first championship. He's going to go back to being Ethan Carter the third, being that asshole that everybody hates. And he's going to show MJF how to do it because honestly, bro, and I, I love MJF. He's going to be a future, but I think prime EC3 was so untouchable that MJF probably couldn't hold the candle to him. And that may be a hot take. I just think that just EC3 in his prime, bro, was a different level of heel. Nobody liked that dude. He wasn't getting cheered to come out to the ring and cut promos like MJF is. He was getting legit booed. So, I look forward to seeing whoever this is going to be. So, Matt Riddle is officially on SmackDown. Yay, whoop-de-doo. As you can see, I'm not as excited as some people are, maybe. I'm going to give this a chance. There has been a track record where the superstars that come from NXT don't really get to showcase their talents like they want to when they get to the main roster, like a Shinsuke Nakamura or a Bobby Roode, even a guy like a Ty Dellinger. Could Matt Riddle be the next one of these? Now, there have been some success stories. Aleister Black is doing very well for himself. Ricochet had a good run for a second, and now he's in a tag team with Cedric Alexander. The only really person I want to see Matt Riddle face is maybe AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan, too. That would be interesting. But other than that, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think he can have a good match with anybody. He's super talented. I just, I really hope that this does not end his career in the WWE. And then they lose him to some other person because he's not being utilized the way he was in NXT. And if you even look at the matches, going from NXT to, to the main roster, like they're different looking. NXT matches are usually like fast pace, a lot more moves being used. And when you get to the main roster, more storytelling involved. I mean, it is a wrestling entertainment show up there. Matches are longer, but you may not get as much offense as they would like to be. Everything is just super overproduced. But I think Matt Riddle can make it work, bro. That was the only thing from SmackDown for me. I just I just wanted to bring that up. I don't I don't really have anything else. So we're gonna go to Raw, talk about this Ray Mysterio stuff. I really thought my guy was retired, and I thought that was gonna be it for me. If you know me, Rey Mysterio is my favorite wrestler, and um, he has been for a long time. That was my guy growing up. Damn near cried when he won that world championship at WrestleMania 22, and I thought that was going to be it for him. But uh, it looks like we are going to get a feud with him and Seth. Dominic looks like is getting involved as well. To hear some crazy things that Dominic may be joining the Monday Night Messiah and his uh, faction that he has working. I think it'll be pretty fun to see that happen. You get, like, real-life situations involved and talk about how Rey Mysterio isn't really his dad because Eddie Guerrero was his dad and just get that whole thing back in play because that was a big part of my childhood the Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero matches where Dominic's custody was on the line in a ladder match that was that was some stuff right there you ain't seen that no more but jumping over to AEW few things I want to talk about so of course we're gonna get into FTR but is uh, Matt Hardy gonna put broken Matt Hardy away for a little bit and just be Matt Hardy I would love to see it. I mean, I love Broken Matt, but sometimes, I mean, 
it does get a little tiresome, at least for me. People can watch that stuff all day, but him talking the way he does, and you don't know if he's Matt Hardy or Damascus or how old he is and stuff like that. So if he's going to be just regular Matt Hardy in AEW, I think that'll be some good TV. He can be a mentor to these young guys, like you said, for private party. I mean, I think we're going to see a different layer of Matt Hardy coming in here, being a, a locker room leader type of guy, influence type of guy. And, you know, everyone in that locker room definitely was the Hardy Boys when they were younger. So to have a guy like Matt in that locker room, teaching those young guys, definitely going to be something to see. The beef between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho is something I did not think I needed, but I love it. When he put Chris Jericho's hands in his pockets, I haven't laughed that hard in a wrestling show in a long time. I'm not even going to lie to you. Orange Cassidy, I don't know how he did it, man, but he he hit something. Obviously, his act wouldn't, his gimmick wouldn't work in the WWE. But AEW, that thing is fire. He's the most popular superstar. He probably has the most popular shirt on AEW wrestling shop. His momentum is crazy. And the thing is, like, he's a good wrestler. He hasn't won a match since I've seen him wrestling on AEW, but I know he's a good wrestler. He gets a lot of offense in. I just need him to pick up one win. Just one. Just give him one win. But if this is a long feud because we're waiting for Jericho and Tyson. If Jericho and Orange Cassidy go into something, I wouldn't hate it at all. Now we're going to get next week Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager versus the best friends in Orange Cassidy. So this is the start of this feud. Can't wait for it. This is going to shine a big old spotlight on Orange Cassidy. He's Like I said, he's definitely the most popular wrestler right now in AEW. And he does the bare minimum. I don't even know if the guy breaks a sweat. And FTR, they got their AEW debut match next week against the Butcher and the Blade. But I, I look forward to seeing what FTR looks like compared to what the Revival looked like. AEW, they got a lot more moves that they're allowed to use. They have a lot more creative freedom. I can't wait to see those guys tap into that. And I know we're going to get a slow burn between them and the Young Bucks. They're going to save this for their biggest show, which is probably... This match probably will take place at All Out. That'll be my guess. And it may go down as the greatest tag team match in wrestling history. I just hope it's not a huge letdown because this match has been talked about for... I've never seen a match hyped as long as this match. And these two competitors probably never touched. It's all about who's the best tag team. It's been this long, slow burn internet feud for the last two years and we finally get to the point where we're gonna see it and we're gonna have to wait i'm itching for it but until then i can't wait to see ftr mix it up with like i said butcher and blade next week they can get a scu in there best friends private party there's a lot of guys that they can work with ray phoenix and pentagon a lot of guys they can work with santana and ortiz a lot of guys they can work with until they're ready for the young bucks they're ready right now i'm ready right now i just hope it happens soon now we're going to jump over to NXT, and then this is going to lead us right into our predictions for NXT TakeOver In Your House. So we saw a lot of packages between Adam Cole and the Velveteen Dream, and then we saw the women's match between Rhea, Io, and Charlotte. By the way, beautifully shot, whoever shot Io Shirai. Um, the scene with her in the water, underwater and stuff like that, beautiful. Phenomenal job. The stuff with Cole and Dream, um, I'm not sure where this undisclosed location will be. I just hope it is good. Will Adam Cole drop the title to Dream? I don't know. He's had this title for a year. He's the longest reigning NFC champion now. Is it time for a change? Is it time for a switch up? 
The stipulation is if Velveteen Dream loses, he can't challenge for Adam Cole's NXT Championship. At this point, I don't see anyone beating Adam Cole. So if if not now, then when? Unless they have a big old swerve in Undisputed Era, and let's say Roddy gets fed up and turns on him, I don't see anyone beating Adam Cole for this championship. A guy I'm very impressed with is Cameron Grimes. He is going to be the next big heel in NXT. Whenever, you know, these guys start to make their way to the main roster, he's in that next wave. With him and Damian Priest and Isaiah Swerve Scott and those guys, this is the next wave of talent that is going to be showcased as the flag bearers of NXT. And Cameron Grimes might be leading them. He has great matches. He's a great, great heel. Finisher is fire. I expect a lot of big things from him. I just hope they don't ruin him. That's all I got to say about Cameron Grimes. Now let's talk about the biggest thing that happened on NXT. Drake Maverick versus El Io de Fantasma for the uh, vacant NXT Cruiserweight Championship. At least until Jordan Devlin gets back. One thing I do like about El Io is he doesn't come out to like the traditional, you know, when you're a Hispanic superstar that give you that traditional, you know, upbeat Hispanic music that you usually hear with Andrade got it and Angel Garza got it and Umberto got it. But they gave El Eo some rock music and I'm I'm digging it. Now I'm sure whenever El Eo del Fantasma gets to the main roster, his name is going to be cut in half. It may just be Fantasma or El Eo. <laughs> Y'all know how they like to do guys ask Andrade. But right now, El Eo del Fantasma is the name for him, and he is our new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Heartbreaking loss for Drake Maverick. This is a guy we watched fight and crawl and scratch to get back into the WWE, become champion, and become a superstar again after news of his release happened. He fought his way back, didn't get the result he wanted, but... If you saw at the end, Triple H came out and handed him a contract. So, Drake Maverick is here to stay. Don't think he's going to be the general manager of 205 Live anymore. He is going to be an active competitor in the Cruiserweight division and for NXT. That's a good guy to have on your roster. All the good looks, the muscles, doesn't have any of that. But he works hard, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I was very happy to see him get re-signed because I definitely think he is going to have a good career in the WWE. And hopefully he'll end his career there. Let's get into this card, NXT TakeOver In Your House. So we're going to jump down to the six-woman tag match. We got Mia Yim, Tegan Knotts, and Shotzi Blackheart coming out in the tank versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. And I think since... They got their comeuppets this week. I'm going to give the win to the team of Mia Yim, Tegan Knotts, and Shotzi Blackheart. I expect a lot from Shotzi, too. They gave her that big video package, so they definitely have a lot of big plans for her. Can't wait to see what's going on with her in the future. Then you have Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. I like to see Priest get the win just because he's a younger superstar. I think we got to start building the talent around there. Although it wouldn't make sense for him to win because Matt Riddle couldn't beat Finn Balor. Johnny Gargano couldn't beat Finn Balor. So what makes you think Damian Priest is going to beat Finn Balor, even though Cameron Grimes did? So I'm going to give it to Finn Balor. Next, we're going to have Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. 
carrying Cross all the way. It's too early for him to take a loss. He's going to be a cornerstone in NXT for a long, long, long time, him and Scarlett. And this is the time what Tommaso Champ is doing right now. I think he's going to be that transitional superstar. He's going to start putting guys over. Championship matches. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. I hope Keith Lee's reign doesn't end. Don't want to see the new Johnny Gargano hold the NXT North American Championship. Even though if he does win it, we know he ain't going to keep it. You know he can't defend the championship. So he can win it and then lose to Keith Lee the next night. That's fine. Whatever. That's cool with me. So I'm going to give it to Gargano. Why not? Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. Io Shirai, I would love to see win the championship just because I think it's long overdue for her. But I feel Charlotte Flair is going to take this home. She has too much cachet right now. She's defending this thing on all three brands. She's a workhorse of the WWE right now, and they're not going to stop that anytime soon. So I got Charlotte Flair winning that. NXT Championship match, Adam Cole versus the Velveteen Dream. It's tough, man. Adam Cole's had that thing for a year. He's on a roll. I don't see him losing it now. I don't think they make a big title change until we start getting some real crowds in there. So I'm going to go with Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole will retain that championship. Before I go, I do want to thank the numerous WWE and AEW and wrestlers in general that have spoke up about the injustices that have been going on in the world. I'm glad you guys are using your voice for something positive. I'm glad y'all are using y'all's platform to show everyone that this is not okay that's happening in this world. And I know we did have a situation this week involving a superstar, Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker, he voiced his support for Trump, and a lot of superstars came after him for that. Not the time in the place, my guy. Not the time. Not right now. Will this kill his career? I don't know. It's definitely going to be awkward in those locker rooms from now on. Him, Wesley Blake, Steve Culler, they just got to the main roster. Just him pushing buttons like that is probably not the best look. I don't know what they have in store for him whenever he gets to the next TV tapings. But I would imagine it's going to be a very uncomfortable situation. Next time, just think before you post, my guy. That's all I got to say. Think about what's going on in the world before you post. It's bigger than Trump right now. So like I said, appreciate all the superstars using their, their platforms for voicing the injustices going on in the world. I definitely will not forget it. Wrestling has a special place in my heart. I've been watching it for 15, 16 years now. I've never seen a group of wrestlers come together for something that definitely should not have happened with George Floyd being murdered by police. Warm my heart to see. So I appreciate y'all for doing that, man. We're going to catch y'all next week. Hopefully a better week news-wise and going on world-wise. Make sure you check out NXT TakeOver in your house. My name is Connor. Rate, review, and subscribe. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. All OMF Pod. Once again, that's O-M-F-P-O-D on all platforms. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all OMFers out there. If y'all are going to protest this week, please be safe. Catch y'all next week.